Friends, good to be with you here on this Monday morning. We are in Luke chapter 14 this morning, uh, looking at lessons from the life of Jesus. That is our concentration and uh, trying to learn what we need to learn to live as followers of Jesus ourselves. I come to you from my home in Belmont, Maine, and uh, you might be listening right here in the state of Maine, or you might be uh, listening some in some other state like uh, Virginia or Pennsylvania or even some other place of the world like uh, Africa or the Philippines. We welcome you from wherever you uh, hail this morning. And uh, let's get into God's word, learning from Jesus. This is what it says to us, Luke chapter 
11, picking up at verse 14, Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, By Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? But I I, I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, Beelzebub is a, another word term for Satan. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Whoever is not with me, is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Division. There is a, a simple thought here in verse 17 that we consider, uh, and it can apply to the home, it can apply to the church, uh, it can apply to an entire nation, uh, it can apply to a political party, it can apply in so many different directions. Um, and Jesus simply says this in verse 17. Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. A house divided against itself will fall. Uh, we can look at this in the context of local ministries, like a church or some other ministry. Uh, we can look at this in the context of um the government and how uh, fractious the government is. Now, I, I watched a piece this morning that uh, uh, indicated that what just took place in the House of Representatives over 15 attempts was, was a good thing. Someone arguing that that gave them the chance to, to work out many of the things that needed to be worked out before electing or selecting number two the number three person, second in line uh, to the presidency of the United States. And yet for much of the country, what we thought we were watching there was division, division in, in the House of Representatives. And, and we do see certainly division in our country. We see much division. We, we are a divided country. There is no doubt about it. Uh, almost right down the middle, so many things politically you know, people are, are are getting into an office by a slim margin, you know, 51% uh, to 49% uh, or 50.5% to 49.5%. And we see so much of that in our day that, that shows the, the deep, deep division. I have to believe that these words of Jesus that he has spoken here about a kingdom divided against itself will be ruined that you have to wonder, will, will this be the ruin of our nation? Now, I I, I do think that, you know, having uh, two sides can be a good thing. I, I do think that 
that people coming together, having differing perspectives can be a good thing as long as they're willing to dialogue, as long as they're willing to collaborate, as long as they're willing to listen to each other, as long as they're willing to not engage in name-calling and, and all those things, which sometimes we have seen our own uh, American government give into and uh, acting childish. Even, even some of the people who have run or who will run uh, for political office, quite childish. I'm just say, telling it. I, I believe that that we look at some of the childishness of it, and and we have to understand that a, a house divided will fall, and we are very, very divided. You can see this in churches sometimes when there's deep division in a church. Uh, you can see it uh, in a, an organization. You can see it in a business. Uh, and this is why it is so important that we work toward unity, a unity in the family, a unity among the believers uh, in local churches. Uh, this is why it's so important that we speak and that we listen and that we hear and that we collaborate uh, and that we give consideration and that we view things circumspectly. Uh, this is why it is so important so that we can have unity in fact, uh, late in his ministry, in, in fact, a day before his crucifixion, Jesus would pray the great high priestly prayer that we read in John 17, where he prays for uh, the unity of his followers. And uh, that's us. That's you. That's me. And um to understand the work, and some in our day will downplay downplay the importance of unity, uh, but we need to work toward unity. What did James say in in the first chapter of the book of James? Let me take you there because this is something I think we have great trouble with uh, in in ourselves and humanity. Um. James chapter 1, verse 19. Let me share that with you. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Uh, and we're, we're not always real good at hearing. We're not always real good at taking constructive criticism there's criticism, there is ill-willed criticism, and there's well-intentioned criticism, and we're, we're often not very good at hearing that. Uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 4 uh, gives us some other uh, insight to, to consider when it comes to this idea of speaking and listening. Uh, let me bring that up for you here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 says this, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The importance of learning to to be able to speak truth to each other for the benefit of of the body. We need to speak truth to each other 
in these kinds of ways. And we need to listen. As James said, we need to be quick to listen. That That is a necessity. Sorry for the extra background noise of my associates over there. You're going to hear it again, I think, in just a moment. But, uh, but to think about that, you go down to verse 23 of this same chapter. It says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we're all members of one body. Just a moment. And adjusting to a new, new workspace, I have to figure out how to uh, uh, mitigate some of the background distractions that can take place here. They're, they're, they're beautiful background distractions in many ways uh, with, with dogs or with my wife, especially my wife, uh, a beautiful background distraction. But she doesn't tend to, to uh, clomp around throwing deer horns on the ground like the puppy does at this point. So here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well laugh at it. So, um, but learning to speak the truth in love. I will tell you that's something that maybe I am trying to grow into, trying to learn to speak the truth lovingly. Sometimes there are a couple of different things that we will do when it comes to speaking the truth in love. Uh, we just don't do it. We think it's not my place, or we think uh, I won't be heard, or we're afraid we'll say something wrong uh, because we know ourselves. And so oftentimes what we will do is bury what needs to be said. That is one one end of the spectrum. Another end of the spectrum is that we just lash out and it comes out with great uh, uh, velocity and ferociousness. And, uh, you know, and even though we don't mean it to be angry, it comes out all angry because we have to get ourselves worked up enough to be able to say something challenging and difficult that needs to be said. Uh, and in the middle of that, to, to get comfortable being able to speak truthfully. Now, there are some of you probably who are very, very, very good at that. But in my experience, most of us are not good at speaking the truth in love, at putting off falsehood, at telling people things that, that we're thinking that, that are maybe really troubling us, but we're unwilling to say. How can a person make an adjustment unless, unless we first talk to them uh, about what it is that that maybe is bothering us. A lot of times we will downplay it and we'll say, if they say, what's bothering you? Well, nothing, nothing, I, I'm fine. Well, really, truly, you know, we, we need to learn to be honest to, with each other uh, in that regard. Division. Division. What leads to division is not speaking truthfully. What needs leads to division is is, is the word I. I want this, and I want that, and I, 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 I. And we've talked about this before. The, the letter I comes in the middle, the exact middle of two very profoundly affecting words, words 
actions, attitudes that perfect us uh, profoundly. One of those words is a three-letter word. The other word is a six-letter, one, two, three, four, five-letter word. I have to count the letters uh, in that word. I think I'm right. And one word, three-letter word, is sin. I is right in the middle of sin. And the other word is pride. Pride, I, is right in the middle of the word pride. Lord, help us. Help us deal with our pride. Help us deal with our sins. Uh, and especially the sin of pride. Lord, help us. Now, continuing in the text, he says these things. He said, if Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I tell you this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? In other words, he's saying, well, how about you? Maybe you guys are the followers of Beelzebub. Maybe, you know, so so maybe if if I'm if I'm driving out demons by Beelzebub, what's to say that you're not driving out demons by 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 Beelzebub? And uh, put that together by Beelzebub. Uh, say it three times quickly: by Beelzebub, by Beelzebub, by Beelzebub. Um, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, who do your followers drive them out? So then they will be your judges. In other words, he's saying, uh, how do you know? How do you know that your own people aren't driving them out by Beelzebub? It's easy to point the finger. Uh, it is easy to lay the blame. Uh, it is easy to uh, set up and create your own notion. But but how do you know that really that's the case? But then he also says in verse 20, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. If I really am the true deal, then right here is the kingdom of God, and you need to respond. And, and friend, that would, that would be an argument that I would give to people today. Uh, for all the evidence of who God is and all the evidence of what God has done, if, in fact, all this evidence is credible evidence that points to a conclusion that God is, in fact, God, that Christ is, in fact, Lord and Savior, then the kingdom of God has come upon us, and we need to be responsive. How responsive are we to the kingdom of God? That is a question that, that we need to ask. Verse 21, he says something else that is interesting. He says, oops, push the button twice. He said, "If I, uh, when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Then he says, whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. I want to take us into Eugene Peterson's The Message for just a moment to see how he renders this, uh, to see what insight we might get uh, from at least this section, verses 21 through 23. It says, when a strong man armed to the teeth stands guard in front of his, in, in his front yard, his property is safe and sound. But when a stronger man comes along with superior weapons, uh, then he's beaten at his own game. The arsenal that gave him such confidence gets hauled off and his precious possessions get plundered. I mean, there are sometimes people who come who's stronger. Verse 23, this is war and there's no neutral ground. If you're not on my side, you're the enemy. If you're not helping, you're making things worse. And, and so in that comes a challenge of whose side are we on? 
I mean, are we standing for the things of Christ? Are we working for the things of Christ? Are we working for the kingdom of God? Are we laboring for the kingdom of God? Are we supporting the kingdom of God? If you're not on my side, you're the enemy. Which are you? Can you say unequivocally, yes, I am on the side of Christ? And many of you, most of you who who at least log in in the mornings um, are. You're, you're supporting the works of the kingdom. Uh, you're supporting the, the efforts uh, that are taking place. Uh, many of you are doing your part. I've watched different ones of you pray with different people. Uh, some of you go, you find summer ministry opportunities uh, and, and go and minister to kids at Christian camps. Uh, some of you... Uh, serve in your local churches. I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that that give evidence to the fact that you are on the side of Christ. But to anyone who is listening, who is um, maybe on the fence, can't be on the fence is what Jesus is saying here. You need to be in or you're out. No middle ground. Uh, he says, again, and I this Peterson rendering uh, gives some insight to us when he says, if you're not helping, you're making things worse. And sometimes that is the case. I I, I posted a piece this morning on Facebook that uh, a guy that I went to college with, in fact, he wasn't in college. He was a, uh, a man about my age, but he was still on their local farm down in Marietta area, um, between Marietta, can't remember the town, um, that was between Marietta and Lancaster. There's a town, uh, but but anyway, he's a dairy farmer about my age, uh, and um, so he he he's a pastor of a church, uh, and uh, he and some friends made the post that they made that does give you some insight into uh, what it's like. Hang on, just a second. There is there is much need for support in in ministries of local churches, and uh, uh, you, you can read the piece that I, I posted about pastors. I posted it to encourage church people. I encourage I, I posted it to uh, encourage pastors or those that work with pastors and, and the things to consider. Uh, you know, we don't punch a time clock in and out, and we don't. Uh, we are often shared things more regularly than you might think, or things that people need to share burdens or dark things in their life that they share with us that we carry, that we can't talk about, that, that we can't go to somebody else with. Sometimes people have problems that they, they want to get, you know, ha have help solving. Uh, sometimes it's marital, sometimes it's family, sometimes it's other relational. Uh, and then in the midst of all that is the organizational stuff. Uh, that, that needs to take place. So uh, we think about these things. Jesus saying these words, and, and I'm not Jesus, but but in terms of the work of the kingdom, if you're not helping in the work of the kingdom, then you are likely making things worse. Uh, so ask yourself the question, you know, what what part do you play in the work of the kingdom of God? Uh 
And that doesn't have to be in the middle of a local church ministry. That might be serving um, from your very home. Uh, Some of you might say, hey, I would open up my home and do something called the Alpha Course, which is a a 13-week study that's really intended for people who maybe are curious about Christianity but not quite Christians yet. Uh, And it's a study that that you can do. What if we did more of those things? What if we put more of our focus in places like that and less on all the administrative organizational stuff that is often the part of running a local church that keep us sometimes from the greater things? Just ask yourself the question, in light of what Jesus had to say, and obviously what he was saying, he was saying to people who were um, negative to him and not supportive of him. Uh, In verse 23, Luke chapter 11, this is war. There is no neutral ground. If you're not on my side, you're the enemy. If you're not helping, you're making things worse. Now, let, let me get back into the NIV 84 uh, and get down to this this section, this next section. This is rather insightful, uh, and I, I want us to understand it. He says, when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then he says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then he goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. Now, kind of what the the example is here is the example of things get cleaned out, things get taken out, but we don't replace the bad with something that's good. Sometimes we leave the house clean, sometimes we leave the house empty, but we don't pick up things that we need to do that... uh, that will fill us up, that will fill our lives. So, you know, we might deal with some of the the baggage in our lives, but then we don't also uh, add into our lives things that will, will replace some of that. And that's what, he, as an example, uh, watching Christian movies, uh, as an example, uh, reading Christian books or listening to Christian podcasts, uh, as an example, uh, fellowshipping with other believers at different times, including church, but then beyond church. Uh, and, and sometimes it is it is in fact true. Have you ever known somebody that they they seem to be walking with Christ, but then all of a sudden something goes sideways, and and maybe it isn't quite so sudden a lot of times. Maybe it's just the fact that they have not. Uh, filled their lives up with with kingdom things. They've not filled their lives up with the pursuit of God. And so there are people who will give their lives to Christ. There are people who will um, pray to receive Christ and and things of that nature, uh, but they stop there. We need to keep going. We need to, otherwise the unclean spirit sometimes can return. Uh, and and as Jesus said in verse 26, make the final condition worse than the first. One last little section we're going to cover this morning is in verses uh, 27 and 28. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. Now, I mean, Obviously, we know that our Catholic friends and many Catholic brothers and sisters 
I mean, they have been brought up with, with the thought of giving high regard to, to Mary. Uh, I, in my estimation, sometimes too high a regard because we're, we're, we're told to honor her, but we're never told to pray to her. Uh, we are told to pray to Jesus, and we are told to uh, come before the Father. Uh, nowhere does it, does it talk anywhere in the Scripture about praying to saints. Now, I'm not here to castigate my uh, Catholic brothers and sisters, many of whom really love Jesus, but that has been what they have been taught. Uh, and sometimes coming out of a verse like this, uh, a woman in the crowd called out, blessed is a mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And, and so, again, this woman cries out and says these things, but then you look at the response of Jesus. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and notice the last part and obey it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. This is what he's looking for. He's looking for us to hear the word of God. He's looking for us to apply the word of God to our lives. Those, we're the ones who will be blessed. And sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes there are areas of life where we don't want to apply the scriptures, but we will be all the better off when we make that application and obey the word of God. Division, unclean spirits, True blessedness, the blessedness, the happiness, the joyfulness of hearing the word and obeying the word. May we make that our focus today. Lord, help us to fill our lives with godly things. Help us to fill our lives with things that, that honor you. Uh, help us to fill our lives with works of the kingdom. Uh, help us to fill our lives with works of the kingdom, not just within the walls of a local church, but everywhere we go in the community to think about how are we spreading the fragrance of Christ. Help us today, Lord, to be those blessed people who've heard the word and apply the word that we might bring you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, hear our prayer. Friends, that is a wrap for today. We'll pick back up tomorrow. You have a great day, everyone. See you then.